Welcome back to Marvel Maniac, and MCU after show. This is your host, Eric Cicada, a.k.a. Mr. Honest, with you again for the finale of She-Hulk and after show. And I just watched the episode, and man, I thought it was phenomenal. I thought it was in the fashion of She-Hulk, and I thought it could have been done any better. I thought it was all Jennifer Walters, and the question in the title of the title of the episode is, whose show is this? For the whole season, Jen has been balancing her life uh, between being a giant raging green rage monster and being just a normal human. And if that normal human, in quotes, is enough, because it's, it seems throughout the course of the show that She-Hulk had gotten a little bit more popular than Jen, and um, Jen is working on that balance. So this episode really resolves that, and breaks fourth walls upon fourth walls it goes into itself the show um in this episode and that's what i love about she hulk in general um deadpool is not the only one breaking the fourth wall anymore and she does it in her own fashion she's not copying deadpool uh she is she hulk and whose show is this it's jen walters not only she hulks it is jen walters show uh because jen walters is she hulk the personalities are one and they have merged and when jen becomes she hulk she is still jen and i think that's what jen has come to realize throughout the course of the show she is still herself no matter what she looks like um and a lot of judgment in her life comes from this intelligentsia where she could go and take them down in the typical hulk way um kind of like we were gonna get right but it goes a whole different way, a whole different way for us. And I thought that's what made this makes this show so signature and its own. The opening of the show was a callback to the old Hulk series. And just as kind of like a nod to what this show's kind of tackling, like a man is playing She-Hulk. And I think that's a nod to what Jen is saying in the end uh, towards Kevin, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Jen's working against a lot of sexism. And that monster, that man, She-Hulk monster guy, that is the worst of what she could potentially even become, especially in their eyes. She doesn't want to be that to them, uh, but that is something that she's slowly becoming uh, if she continues to rage out like she did at the end of the last episode. Jen wakes up in prison, and she has to make a plea deal to where she's going to have to put one of those ankle monitors on that Emil Blonsky put on, and... I don't think this prohibits her from becoming a Hulk, but I think it tracks if she does become a Hulk. So if she Hulks out, she's going to be immediately arrested. So she's prohibited from becoming a Hulk from the beginning of this episode, which is very concerning as a fan uh, during a finale where you're like, well, are we going to get to see She-Hulk be She-Hulk? No worries there. We get plenty of her as She-Hulk. But like I said, whose show is this? It's Jen Walter's show. I've said that, and I'm going to say it again. Jen is forced to move out of her uh, current living situation because news reporters are just swamping her home um, trying to get her take on everything and she's forced to move back in with her mom and become workout buddies with her not really going to probably doing the workout routine with her mom but her mom lets her know that her room is now transformed into a personal gym in Jen's room there's a poster of Aaron Brockovich uh, another underdog lawyer story we do find out that Jen is taking this into her own hands and trying to piece Intelligentsia together and who runs it. And it doesn't take too long to figure that out. Um, the uh, the person running Intelligentsia 
uh, Hulk King isn't necessarily the brightest uh, villain we've had, and that's the point. You know, this has been happening in the background, in the shadow shadows, and Jen hasn't even like really given it the time of day until it's right up at her doorstep, which is which says a lot about her character in general. Jen wants uh, to sue them, and Nikki wants to take them down by any and all means. That's like She-Hulk smash style, but Jen wants to just sue them, and um, she disagrees with that. Jen's mom shows Nikki and sends Nikki this video of Jen in college going party style, and this is something that Nikki ends up using to infiltrate Intelligentsia. I thought at first they were revealing that Nikki was like part of this and man my heart just dropped for jen at that moment i was like oh no but thankfully nikki was just being a loyal friend and she was just trying to get into intelligentsia to get more information uh, about who hulk king is now jen decides to go to emil blonsky's retreat for just a little some steam and i think it's actually amazing how they do this you know you don't expect that blonsky is hosting this thing and another another twist and turn of events is that you sort of think that Blonsky is like really in on this. However, it's more or less just something he's doing like as a public speaking engagement. He's not really like against Jen or anything, um, which I think is really funny. He's just probably trying to not not really make a paycheck, but more or less make an impact. I could see if Blonsky's speech to these guys, you know went on a little longer i think he would have tried to turn them against the hate that they had towards jen um but i think blonsky would really do anything just to be in front of a crowd talking i think he really enjoys being a public speaker so for nikki to get in to this retreat um which we don't know what's the retreat at this time nikki uploads jen's college video to infiltrate intelligentsia and sends pug undercover the guys in this place are not wonderful and they're kind of what you'd expect. One guy is talking about how Lady Thor isn't that great. Um, big disagreement there. Jane Foster as Thor is amazing. I wouldn't trade that for anything. Plus, we have to do an episode for Thor Love and Thunder still on this show. So that's to come. Todd gets up on stage and acts like he's Steve Jobs. At the retreat, Jen is looking for a meal. And it really seems to me that the guy who went to jump her is like clear of that now because he's not actually partaking in this rally so i think like this guy actually did turn good i never got a name for him just the guy who was trying to jump jen with the super powered weapons um how did todd get those weapons to be all super powery by the way who is todd working with um because clearly he gave those guys super powered weapons to get jen's blood and all that so what was the deal with that is that for season two, I wonder? Is there more behind this intelligentsia than we know? On stage, Steve Jobs level Todd says, we're just getting started. Uh, well, I'd like to think that they're not. Except for the fact that they have Emil Blonsky's abomination as a guest speaker. And Todd says it cost him a fortune to get him. So yeah, clearly he's just paying him to speak at his event. He's saying things like, don't ask permission. Be powerful. And it is revving these guys up. Something even tells me that Abomination might not even know why, uh, innocently, why these guys are here. I mean, he I don't think that Todd called Abomination and said, L listen, I want to do this anti-She-Hulk event. He probably 
thought that Abomination would be down for that. Um, or, I don't know. I, I, I think that Emil is probably really innocent in this. He seems fairly enough like he's just trying to make some money, I'm going to guess. And even if he does know about She-Hulk, I don't think he's trying to hurt her. Um, which is shown. Which is actually visibly shown. Um, he doesn't want her to get hurt. However, Jen walks in on this meeting and she is shocked to see Abomination. And she says, Emil, you've been transforming into the Abomination. You know, I, I put my word on the line for you. And Jen says, yeah, I do speaking engagements. Nothing bad, strictly for, for profits. So, yeah, he's just trying to make a buck. Not that that makes him right in all this. He shouldn't be doing this. However, it's good to know that he's not specifically screwing over Jen like this intelligentsia group and Hulk King and all that. Like, he's not a part of it. He's just trying to, you know, make some money on the side for um, Abomination's wallet looking a little empty. Nikki and Pug rush in to let Jen know that Todd is Hulk King. He says, you remember your attractive date, Josh? You think the sex tape was the worst part? I hired him to seduce you and seal your blood. How did Todd get the blood from her? Did he just take blood from her when she was sleeping? And if so, uh, how did she not notice that? <laughs> uh, that's my biggest question. I guess that's why Jen wanted to change the storyline in general. But he says, my team synthesized your blood so it can give me all the powers you never should have been given. He says, I didn't just get handed superpowers. I had to earn them as he injects himself with Jen's synthesized blood. This is where Jen starts breaking the fourth wall. She says, this isn't just going to actually work, right? Like, we're actually going to be doing this. And yeah, I mean, we are doing this for a few good seconds here where Todd starts to become and actually becomes a hulk as he's transforming jen's like this can't possibly be where the season was going and Todd's transformation isn't a pretty one he is an ugly hulk and he's saying yeah come at me bro and then we get the wall breaking down and it's titania and nikki goes and says uh she asks if she ever uses a door <laughs> i thought that was really good there's really no good reason for Titania to be there um, unless she was invited by Hulk King. Um, it's very, just very stacked uh, that all these people are here. And Jen is acknowledging it. They're like, none of these plot lines even make sense. Titania too, this isn't messy enough, Jen says. And the fact that Titania is there, I mean, it seems like Titania is there to actually help Jen, believe it or not. She is fighting all of the Intelligentsia guys and not going for She-Hulk. Hulk Todd charges Jen and Abomination saves her and swoops her out of the way and starts knocking down guards. Sorry, goons. We get Bruce Banner as the Hulk jumping down into the place to save the day and he says, let go of my cousin asshole to protect Jen from Abomination who's trying to protect her. It is an all-out mess and an all-out fight breaks out between all of them and Jen says, this is a mess. None of these storylines make any sense. She exits to the Disney Plus home screen. <laughs> like, I, I, was, I was losing it at this. And she goes into the assembled the making of Shang-Chi. Um, not that we got to see Shang-Chi. I was hoping maybe we get to see Shang-Chi, but you know what? That's okay. I thought it was really funny uh, what, they, what they ended up doing here. Because this is, this is the way for her to get onto the Disney lot. Um, so funny. 
so, 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 so funny. She walks along the Disney lot and enters her own writer's room. She asks them, what kind of finale is this? The bad guy steals my blood in order to give himself superpowers? Where did you come up with that original idea? Was that from every superhero story ever? And one writer replies that there are certain things that are supposed to happen in a superhero story. And Jen says, well, why don't we just do it our way? And another writer replies, well, this is what Kevin wants. Kevin Feige. If you know who Kevin Feige is, and if you, if you don't know, Kevin Feige is the runner of all the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He makes all the decisions. He's a real guy. He, appa- apparently, he might not be a real guy. He might not actually be. This might actually be a, a true real-life reveal. Um, how funny would that be if this is their way of like covering the truth that like it is a giant computer making all the decisions for Marvel um, and it's just it's got it down to like a perfect formula because Marvel is just so good and all the Marvel movies uh, in my opinion are just so awesome I mean in my opinion some people probably wouldn't agree that not all the Marvel movies are incredibly awesome uh, however I am such a big fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe just what it's doing as a whole um, it's really funny to think that it's not actually a man named Kevin Feige, but what we, who we learn to be in a minute uh, <laughs> is this like super AI intelligent brain that's just spitting out ideas every day. Jen wants to talk to Kevin, and they all laugh at her, and they say, no one talks to Kevin. Uh, Jen goes up to Kevin's office to sign a non-disclosure agreement, and the guy triggers an alarm anyway. He says, well, everybody's got to sign the non-disclosure agreement. As Jen makes her way to Kevin's office, the song Big Energy plays, and just it's just such in the style of, of She-Hulk, man. She is a rebellious badass lady and uh she takes down the marvel guards to get into the back super room where kevin is being held he's not like being held there but technically it's like a giant secret at disney that they have this supercomputer running things when jen gets to the room where kevin is all of these epic scenes from Marvel history, like Thanos sending out his army. Um, we get a scene of Black Panther over the horizon. We get the scene of the Hulkbuster um, punching Bruce in the face. And then we meet Kevin, knowledge-enhanced visual entertainment nexus. He says, were you expecting a man? And she says, yeah, why would I expect a giant AI brain and not a man? She asks him, so you're the one who's making all the decisions around here? And he says he will answer all of her questions, but she must transform back into Jennifer first. When she asks him why, he says it's because she is very expensive in terms of CGI budget. She agrees, and he says, wait until the camera's off you because the visual effects team has moved on to another project. He says, to answer your question, yes, I make the decisions. I possess the most advanced entertainment algorithm in the world, and it produces near-perfect products. Jen asks near-perfect, and he says, yeah, some are better than others, but I leave that debate up to the internet. So meta. So freaking meta. Jen tells Kevin that she's not happy with what's happening in her story. He says, well, you do not get to choose. And she says, why not? It's my show. Referencing the question in the title, whose show is this? He disagrees that it's K-E-V-I-N show. And she says, well, regardless of creative ownership, can we agree that this is a legal comedy? If that's what you prefer to call it, he tells her. And she says, then I would like to give my closing argument. Love it. Jen says that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is known for its big spectacles and high-stakes plot lines. But it's often said that Marvel movies all end the same way. And Kevin asks, wait, who's saying that? 
Perhaps this is a result of following some unwritten rule that you have to throw a bunch of plot and flash and a whole blood thing that seems super suspiciously close to the super soldier serum, she says, at the audience in the climax, she goes on. I propose we don't have to do that. It distracts from the story, which is that my life fell apart right when I was learning to be both Jen and She-Hulk. Those are my stakes, Kevin. It's a really smart way to handle, like, let's not go with a typical ending, but give the audience a little bit of what they want. We still get to see the Abomination and Bruce Banner as Hulk uh, smashing through the the walls. Uh, Titania showing up. We get the best of everyone. And we also get that fourth wall break. Like, is this really happening? Um, it's a little bit of everything. The KEVIN is processing this new data. What is the ending you propose, he asked Jen. Can we not do Todd gets Hulk powers? I mean, the powers aren't the villain. He is. That's so good. Just uh, let her beat the bad guy by doing this fourth wall breaking adventure into Disney Studios and actually talking to the robot or, you know, the mega mind behind all of this and fixing it herself. That is the most Jen Walters way of solving this problem. Erasing blood plot, Kevin says. Bruce just swooping down from literal outer space to save the day in my story, she says. But Bruce is supposed to return to explain what he was doing and she cuts him off. No, we don't need to hear any of that. But we were going to introduce and she says, save it for the movie. Well, they don't save it for the movie. They do introduce someone in this episode. Uh, Bruce's son, Scar. They introduce him at the end of the episode, uh, not long from this point of discussion. Um, wow. And also, what movie? Is this an official announcement for like a Planet Hulk movie? And is this after that movie? So we're going to get a whole movie set during the events of She-Hulk on another planet where Hulk is just being lifted off into space and having to deal with having a son. And I can't wait to see that movie. How long until we get that movie? Where... What is the announcer for that? Uh, I think it just happened. As for Abomination, she just wants him to be held accountable. And she also says enough with the nighttime scene. Let's do the finale in daylight. Oh, and she would not mind seeing Daredevil again. A woman has needs, she tells him. Historically, we've been light in that department, Kevin says. She asks him while we're here, and what's with all the daddy issues? Tony Stark, daddy issues. Thor, daddy issues. Loki, same daddy, same issues. Star-Lord, two daddies, two issues. She says, oh, and when are we getting the X-Men? It gives us a thumbs up, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to bat for you. And uh, he says, Jen, I can't tell you that. Kevin says, you'll never see him again. That error has been fixed. Jen says, that's it? And, he, and <laughs> the computer replies, that's it. You obliterated the thrilling ending Kevin formulated. Yeah, that's what Holtz do. We smash things. Bruce smashes buildings. I smash fourth walls and bad endings. And sometimes Matt Murdock, she goes all in here. He says, okay, get back to the show now, and I'll see you on the big screen. And she says, really? And he says, no, I don't, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. We need to see her on the big screen. Jen shows back up to the scene as She-Hulk, and she goes up to Todd, and Todd looks like he's expecting a beating. It's almost like Jen just left and came back after all this could have possibly happened, even though she changed the story. Um... It's funny because, like, it, in real time, Jen probably just went to another room and to deal with this, like, she, she, this probably still happened. You know what I mean? Like, all these people are still there. Um, Titania is still there. And Todd is, it's almost like the aftermath the next morning of everything that happened. Um, it's not to discredit what She Hulk did. 
um, and changing her story because we didn't see the fight. We didn't see anything that uh, happened that previous night. We just know that she was able to leave and we <laughs> it was so good. I, I thought this was so well. Such a good way to handle an ending that would have been maybe, like she said, a little stereotypical. I gets taken away and Daredevil lands just as this is happening. Like, he does show up for her uh, out of nowhere. Jen and Daredevil are both happy to see each other, which makes me very happy. Pug asks, oh my god, did they hook up? Are they a thing? Monsky has to sign a parole saying he's going to go back to prison for 10 years. Well, as we learn in our post credit scene that I'm just going to talk about right now, that's not happening. Uh, Wong saves Blonsky from this sentence. He's not going to be staying there. I don't know what is going to happen with Blonsky. Um, I think the Thunderbolts is an idea, or who knows what type of superhero or anti-superhero team they're going to put him on, but I want to see another Avengers-type team with Blonsky as the Abomination, and I want them to save the world, almost kind of like the movie Suicide Squad where there are a bunch of anti-heroes saving the day. Um, something like that. We need something like that with Blonsky in there. Um, because I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to not see him again. At a family barbecue, Matt Murdock is being questioned by Jen's family, and I think this is adorable. Again, Bruce shows up and introdu introduces his son, Scar, um, from Sakaar. I don't know how this happened. I think maybe when Hulk was hulking around over there for all that time, um before Thor Ragnarok and between Avengers Age of Ultron and Thor Ragnarok whatever happened out there with the Hulk when he was being a gladiator led to him being a dad of some sort and I, I'm excited to see this story play out on screen and I really can't wait to see Mark Ruffalo as Hulk in a movie um, this means that we're going to get a She-Hulk cameo in there, right? At some point. Well, she could break the fourth wall, so she could snap in and be in this movie if she really wants to. Um, she really could. But it's going to be Hulk's movie. Oh my goodness. I, I just cannot wait to see that. And I just really like the ending where Matt is with She-Hulk, and it kind of hints to them staying together. Maybe she'll go and practice law in New York next season in Hell's Kitchen and work with Daredevil a little bit. Maybe we'll get a She-Hulk cameo crossover on daredevil born again that's very possible uh since one comes to one show the other should go to the other show is in my opinion uh so i, I hope we get to see she hulk in daredevil born again at some point in reply to bruce's son matt says to jen wow your family walking into a courtroom a reporter asked jen if she could share details about her lawsuit against todd phelps and intelligentsia she says people like todd phelps need to be held responsible for their actions the message we're sending is if you attack harm or harass innocent people i'm coming for you and the reporter asked her do you mean in the courtroom or as a superhero to which she replies both so the best of both worlds jen walters and she hulk coming together and that's our episode jen is back at court she's a lawyer again she got her rights back by taking down todd and naming todd and all seems to be well for her for now at least so we get to leave her in a good place no cliffhanger of her having to keep that ankle monitor on thankfully and not be she hulk anymore she could be she hulk all she wants I don't know if she's getting her job back at GLKNH. I'm sure there's a lot to be addressed next season. And I hope that next season comes sooner than later. I really do. I mean, as I say with all the Marvel shows, like I know Loki Season 2 is coming uh, at some point. 
However, we have to wait for that. We just have to wait patiently. Gonna head over to reddit.com slash rmarvelstudios to see what the fans are saying. Gorilla Pete, top comment, says, Seeing a costume Daredevil in daylight always feels weird. Yeah, well, I thought it was really cool to see him in daylight, just so we can get a better look at the costume, even though we got to see him last week in the Walk of Shame. Shame. Not Walk of Shame. Walk of Shame. Uh, Raise the Curtain replies, I hope Matt wasn't doing anything too important, since it seemed like <laughs> since it seemed like he just dropped from out of the sky. Yeah, literally. Kevin just dropped him into the scene, says the next comment. Uh, Fort Vac 94 uh, says, does that bitch ever use a door? I lost it at that part, Lindsay Sajay says, and I also did lose it at that part. Yeah, this this episode had a lot of laughs for me. I don't know about you uh, as an audience, but I, I was laughing a lot, especially when Jen broke that fourth wall and left to the Disney Plus home screen. That was a moment for me that I, I couldn't stop laughing. I had to pause it and go back in disbelief that they, that they actually did that. Um, Willie Zupa says, people go to prison every day. Now, those are supportive parents. <laughs> yeah, that's Jen's parents rationalizing what happened to Jen for her. Yeah, we all, we all love that parent mentality. Uh, FanThief95 replies, Jen's dad is currently in battle with Yusuf Khan for the best MCU dad of the year. JR10 says, oh my god, 70s Hulk opening. Oh my god, that was fantastic. The reply to that, Your Mind Aches, says, This episode was just jam-packed with everything. It was amazing to see a recreation of the Incredible Hulk intro with Jen. That, that's why her character was created in the first place. Exactly. Homage. 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 All the way. What a family picnic. Daredevil and Scar. Space Race 91478 said that. Um, prof- <laughs> professional Dot replied, Fast and Furious vibes. Totally. Totally. Uh, Rami Al-Shaham says, Bro, the Black Panther theme when Kevin mentioned the VFX team's new project. Oh, heck yes. Black Panther is coming out next month. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Next month. Are you excited for that? I cannot wait to see that. I'm going to go see that in theaters uh, on opening day, as I'm sure many of you are. Ninjite replied, I feel like the only mf who can't pick up on specific song themes when everyone else in this can in the span of five seconds. No, I didn't pick up on that at all either. That's why I like coming to reddit.com slash Marvel Studios, which is where we'll leave it. <laughs> yeah, we, we go there if you want more, just more discussion, more everything. Um, I think reddit.com slash Marvel Studios is fantastic, and I've been going here since, like, almost the first first Avengers movie, from what I can remember. And that is it for She-Hulk. What did you think of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law? MarvelManiacPod at gmail.com. If you'd like to contribute to the show, patreon.com slash MarvelManiac would be the best place to do it at this time. I really enjoyed She-Hulk, and I hope you did too. I thought all nine episodes were really entertaining, and I can't wait for season two. Did you see Werewolf by Night? Would you recommend me doing a podcast about that, an after show? Um, Are you excited for Black Panther Wakanda Forever coming out on November 11th, 2022? After that, slated will be the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, unless that's been pushed back for all I know that's happening this year in December. Um, And then Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania on February 17th, 2023. We have a new season of What If coming next year, Secret Invasion, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Echo, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Loki Season 2, and then The Marvels all next year, followed by Ironheart in Fall of 2023. Um, There's so much happening. Um, Even we have slated all the way for November 
2023 blade coming out so there's so much to come agatha coven of chaos marvel zombies um el muerto madam webb spider-man beyond the spider-verse and daredevil born again these are all slated um captain america new world order on may 3rd 2024 and we have the thunderbolts which is a very very exciting venture um starring florence Pugh, sebastian stan wyatt russell olga kurlienko david harbour hannah john Kamen, and julia louis dreyfus so let's look forward to that next year as well my name is eric cicada aka mr honest covering all your favorite marvel shows let's get back to some of the shows that i missed hopefully in the next few weeks um be on the lookout for some episodes of marvel maniac and mcu after show covering either miss marvel or moon knight i'm not sure which one i'm going to do first but i'm going to be covering those and yeah i look forward to covering all the marvel entities and properties eventually um on my own pace so i hope you enjoyed this episode until next week avengers disassemble